All right, welcome back into the Lacrosse Tribune Prep Football Podcast. My name is Colton Bartholomew, reporter here at the Tribune, with our other reporter Zach James and our assistant sports editor and prep sports editor Todd Sommerfeld. We are breaking down the quarterfinals here of prep football you know, here in Wisconsin. We have three games that we're going to be talking about today. Um, the Division Three quarterfinal between Sparta and Rice Lake, Division Five between Westby and Spencer, Columbus Catholic, and in Division Seven, Bangor taking on Highland. It's a lot tougher to fill up the whole show when we only have three games as opposed to like the twenty. Yeah. That we're shorter doing, show, yeah, in the uh, the regular season, so it might be a little bit shorter. Be shorter but yeah. we'll, we'll break them down as, as well as we can. And uh, it's a little tougher when there's teams across the state we haven't got a chance to see play and all that. But looking at stats and talking to people, we'll, we'll break it down as much as we can. Um, let, let's start in Division 7 because that's the game Todd will be at uh, Friday night, 7 o'clock kickoff over there. Uh, defending state champions in Division 7, Bangor taking on Highland. Um, Highland 7-4 and four coming in, but don't let that record throw you off. That conference there in that Six Rivers, it's really tough. Got two other great teams in Blackhawk and then potosi Cassville, who Bangor knows firsthand how good they can be. And, and same with Blackhawk. And Blackhawk, right. So just... Uh, uh, a tough conference that they, they kind of beat each other up, but then they get in the playoffs and all seem to make pretty deep runs. Um, and Highland was, you know, similar to, to Sparta, getting in with a three and four record, and and has done certainly done very well since then. Absolutely. Um, this is Todd. I think you're going to have a game over in like an hour and a half, seeing as I don't know how many passes are going to be thrown. <laughs> I think this might be a seventy combined run type of game. I don't know. Highland will throw throw it a little. They got a quarterback who's throwing for a thousand. So uh, certainly Bangor's not going to come out heaving the ball over the field. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll try to run it and run it and run it. Uh, um, Highland can certainly do that too. Uh, they've, they've shown in the past uh, to be that kind of a team as well. So, yeah, it, it could be. Um, if Bangor, you know, can, can score a couple of touchdowns early and maybe Highland will start throwing the ball even a little more, we'll see. Uh, I think Kevin Kravick would love to have a quick offensive start because he yeah. hasn't had that uh, lately. So I'm sure he'd welcome that with, that with open arms. And I think that's going to be uh, key for him, too, to get that quick start because this is a defensive-led Bangor team. I yes. mean, that's been their rock all season. I don't know even their state championship teams have had great defenses, but I feel like this team, more than any of the ones in the past, like their defense is their anchor, and if they give them a lead, it's tough to score on them, and that's all you got to really do here in the playoffs is get that defense on the field with a lead. That That is... Absolutely fair to say. Um, the defenses have been good, but the offenses have always been what people talked about. Uh, the, the things that, that, that was the, the more constant than the defense. Now the defense is more constant than the offense. They're still scoring points. I think they think they can score a lot more sure. with, with some of the issues that they've had uh, to this point. But, yeah, the defense has really uh, been something tough to score on for, for opponents, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, what Highland can do against it. I, I know Bangor is, it, it, it just, yeah, this is the first year during this big run that it feels like a defensive team. Right. In the past, it's, it's kind of felt like both, and, and, and the advantage maybe still is a little more offensively, but it has switched this year. I agree with that. And the, going to uh, a little bit more into that, it always seems, with a school that size, you're going to have guys that play both ways, especially with yeah, the great yeah, athletes. But, all, I mean, yeah. you looked at a couple of years ago, it was uh, Pisky, Andrew Pisky, uh, Having a great year on both sides. Last year there were you know a handful of guys doing it both, and then yeah. this year is kind of the same. But same. I, maybe just not that as as great one person on offense for them. Uh, Bravik, you mentioned uh, just not loving the, the turnovers, some of the mistakes that they're having uh, offensively. But I think just this is one of those times that 
they've got to get that quick league like you mentioned and then just say, hey, defense kind of just closes one out for us. And, and some of those guys that fit the bill you just said there, Brendan Burke, mm-hmm. uh, has been very good on the offensive line and, and defensively a linebacker. Um, Carter Horseman, the same, running the ball and, and playing linebacker. And Grant Mankey, who we haven't really talked about at all this year, has been a very dominant defensive player and, and another good piece of that offensive line that, that is moving the ball. But uh, I was surprised I was looking at some of his stats. You don't always look at defensive stats very often, but he's got a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage, has, has been a lot more dominant than I think people may realize. Uh, some of the bingo defense is going to have to slow down. Drew Hennessy for Highland uh, combined 22 touchdowns this year between running and pat, or running and receiving, 16 rushing touchdowns, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've got a couple of guys they like to spread around on, on their offense. But yeah, it seems like near the goal line, Hennessy's their, their guy that they really try to get the ball to. Yeah, it looks like it, and I'm, I'm sure Bangor will have a plan for him. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, we'll jump over to uh, Division Three, uh, starting with Sparta and Rice Lake. Sparta, the, the darlings of you know now the, the football – State here in Wisconsin, yes. getting uh, Coach Adam Dow got Packers Coach of the Week. Uh, that, that's an honor that comes with a two thousand dollar grant that they get to use for the program. So probably some new cool equipment coming for for Sparta and things like that. But uh, just continuing to make history, you get two playoff wins under your belt, and now you get uh, a huge matchup with Rice Lake. And not that it's going to surprise anybody that's on the Sparta team or from Sparta, but. They're the underdogs in this one. They've been pretty much the underdogs the whole second half of the season. And I think there are a lot of people out there thinking Rice Lake's going to roll in this game, but I don't think they've been paying attention to what Sparta's done. I, I think it's fair to say this is the first big game that they've played. I, I know when you're Sparta or when you're anybody going to playoffs, they're always big games. And the fact that they never won a postseason game before, they're, they're all very big. Uh, I think the teams they've played to this point are teams going in that a lot of people thought they could win the game, and this will be the first time, I think, where the far majority think that uh, the season's over yeah. this, this week going against a Rice Lake team. And, and we saw how good they were last week in the way that they beat on Alaska and ended their season. Um, although Sparta played with on Alaska in that wonderful football game. That yes. You, <laughs> you just raved and raved about uh, that night. That's that Big 12 football <laughs> that, game that, that broke out 62-55 game or whatever it was. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I guess they, you can say that they're, they're pretty close to Alaska's level with the way they played with them. Uh, Rice Lake will be different uh, as it is every year. So it, they're going to have to be ready, stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. Right. You mentioned uh, how, how they played against Rice Lake against Onalaska last week. Torian Hubbard, 258 yards rushing against Onalaska. And their quarterback, Peyton Buckley, only completed four passes, but they went for 156 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> so, I mean, you mentioned you got to stop the run, but then the second you do, then they'll throw it over right. top. And then I think that's kind of what they're looking for. So there's a big test for the Sparta defense in that sense. Um, and that's one of the things that I don't think we have outside of Holman because of the triple option, but outside of that, I don't think we have just a dominant running team here in the NBC, at least this season, uh, where, where Sparta's going to have too much experience to that. So I'm really interested to see how that matchup goes for their front seven because they're used to having to play both pretty equally and then you know have one week where you play a triple option team. But yeah, this week they're really going to have to focus in on those run plays. Yes, that, that's a fair statement. Uh, Holman was all, all about well. fair over here. Is that yeah. you hearing this? I yes. nailed this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, no, no I, I agree with you. And but this is going to be tougher than anything they've seen. 
Let's, I'll, I'll just keep going back to that. That's fair. Um, <laughs> and I'm fair, too. Yes. <laughs> One of their uh, Bryce Lake's other running backs, uh, Diarius Clairvaux. I'm guessing that's how I would say his name. Yeah. Clairvaux, excuse me. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> averaging over uh, 10 yards a carry. So he's a guy that's uh, a big play guy for their whole season. Uh, he's over 700 yards rushing as well. So the but thing they, they don't have Kenny Bednarik. Okay, yes. That's one, <laughs> that's one thing that Sparta has going for it this week. How, how doesn't he play? Just say, hey, hey, run straight, and we'll try to throw the ball to you. <laughs> he's gone. He graduated. That's oh, that's fine. Yeah, oh, yeah, is that Mankato? No. He's not at Mankato. He's great. He's, he graduated. I just remember Tommy Shinsky tweeting something last year about shutting him down when they played him because he was away on a college visit. <laughs> In the playoffs? So, huh? No, no. Oh. I, I, maybe it was. I can't remember what. Yeah, they didn't play him during the regular season. Okay. So maybe, yeah. Maybe it was their their playoff game. Against That's a bold move on going on a playoff visit or something like that. in the playoffs. Uh, I just remember something like Coach Yusinski tweeting that about shutting him down, and it was because he wasn't there. <laughs> if you guys don't remember, uh, Kevin Eric was their uh, track star that yes. dominated. Sprint Saying champion. he won the sprints at state this year wouldn't be a fair That's statement. Right. It's uh, all he dominated. He was. Yes. A, he was, he was grabbing water before the game. The finished. most incredible sprinter I've seen in person. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what Sparta Affiliates got to do, they've got to stick with what they're good at. In the last second half of the year, that's been Cole Wisniewski throwing the ball around and then just being smart with their option plays. Bryce Edwards last week goes off 200-plus yards, a couple of touchdowns, but then you know Cole Wisniewski right behind him, almost 100 yards rushing and some good uh, long pass plays as well. So they just kind of kind of keep that rolling. And I feel like this is a game that could be a shootout because the way that both these teams' offenses are playing, I don't know if the other one has enough defense to stop when, it. When did you saw them early, and did you see them late? Or I didn't see them late. I saw them, I think, early three out of four weeks, yeah. Because um, I saw two of their, their heartbreakers, the, the Logan yeah. last-second field goal and then the 62-55 game. And then I also saw them against Westby, Westby yeah. another quarterfinalist that we're going to get to in a second here. Um, and that was a one-possession game as well where Westby had to go for two at the end to seal it. So, um, to me, just the evolution of this offense, you saw the inklings of it early in the season where, you know, Bryce Edwards could have a great play, Cole Wisniewski could have a good run, and they hit Nick Church on a deep pass. But then just uh, they finally put it all, stuff all together and getting stops defensively. Uh, I just think Sparta's got one of those – Hey, no one thought we were going to be here situations. We oh, lose, yeah. nobody they, cares. Yeah. Nobody knocks us for losing. Like, just take your swing. Yeah, they, they got nothing to lose going into this game at all, but a, a game. Yeah. Uh, they can go out there and, and, you know, when you get on a roll like this, you can try some different things and feel confident about it rather than, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> you know, so, you know, maybe we'll see some more of that out of Sparta this week and and doing some things they haven't done all year just to try and get by this, this uh, big – block stumbling block that's in front of them all right we'll jump over to division five wrap it up with the westby versus spencer columbus catholic matchup uh honestly i think this is one of the best matchups on paper across the playoff slate this week i know there's some other good ones like the division two and we have monona grove want key this week <coughs> yeah yeah so that's a that's a great one too but i just think that the way westby's season has gone they're spencer columbus catholic's pretty similar uh, obviously a private school over in marshfield uh but just a a uh, matchup of two tough teams, very senior heavy. I feel like that's kind of why both teams are where they are because they've really leaned on their seniors, and those guys have gotten it done all year. That's, I saw Westby play last week and could not have been more impressed with what I saw. It was That's the first time I've seen him play this year. Uh, the defense completely took the game over in the second half. 
it was it was still close at the end of the third quarter, and they scored twenty eight in the last thirteen minutes. Uh, but but defensively, they did a great job against a back who had gained two thousand yards, held them to eighty. Uh, really made big plays. Devonte Spears made some big plays for them in that game. Uh, they got some turnovers. They're going to need to do that this week. Uh, Spence, Spencer Marshfield Columbus team uh, is usually a pretty good team. Uh, Westby has been in recent years too, so I, I, there's a parallel to that uh, with what you're saying about these teams kind of being a good matchup. Uh, we will we'll see how it goes, but if Westby plays the same kind of defense it played last week, it's going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, it, it's going to be hard for them to make that trip. We always we end up talking about that all the time, but these playoff <laughs> games now they're everybody's far apart. It's not like Sparta going to Ashland, <laughs> right? Uh, but you know, if you're Westby, you'd, you'd rather play at home and have them make the trip. But you go where you have to go to play your playoff game, and and you go in there with Ryan Danes. Uh, you're going there with a lot of really good players, and I think you should go anywhere Westby goes. I think they should at least feel confident in what they're bringing to the table. I think this is one of those weeks where. For Westview, they know when you have a player like Danes that's been a focal point all year, you just can't give him the, the ball the same ways. I think they've done that a good job, a good job of that all season is getting him out in the pass game even more, uh, mm-hmm. not just doing a straight up the run, uh, straight up the middle runs with them. Like that, that's the base of their offense, but they're adding new wrinkles and everything like that each week. But I think that's something they're going to have to do even more this week, where you've got pro- the most talented opponent they're probably going to play, or that they've played to this point, and. If you just come in with the same stuff that you've seen on tape, you're either asking your offensive line to execute so well and just open up huge holes, or you're kind of setting yourself up to fail if you don't give them something new to think about during the game. So I'm definitely imagining Ryan Danes maybe split out of the tight end or wide receiver, yeah. do some different things, just to kind of put some doubt into Spencer's head just where he's going to be, because clearly he's going to be a guy you're focusing on pre-snap. Oh, absolutely, and, and you're, you're right in that they try to do different things uh, with him. Austin Mallory's had a good year, too, right. out of the backfield, and, and he is a different kind of runner, uh, a little more speed with him instead of the power. Not that Danes isn't fast, too, but, uh, you know, Mallory had, had a really like a 50-yard run in that game that really got the team going too, and it was at the end uh, when when they were starting to score, you know, other points. But the fact that he got free for that uh, shows his ability and shows you know that they can do other things other than just keep giving it to Danes. And they may end up having to go heavy with Danes this week. But you know, one thing that really stood out in that game to me was was the big playability of Spears. And if they can find a way to get the ball into his hands, he can make things happen. They missed, just missed on a pass to him. I don't know if it was their first drive, maybe their second drive. It was early in the game uh, where they, they just missed on a pass to him. They just missed on a pass to Danes. So they had a chance to take control of that game early. They just didn't. Uh, they stuck to their guns and eventually did that. It, it just took a lot longer. But if I just have a feeling that if they can get find the right way to get the ball into Spears' hands, that might make a big difference for them. Definitely. And looking at Spencer just a little bit more, uh, balanced team. They, they have a lot of backs that carry the ball a lot. They're, they're pretty yeah. spread out all over the place to go through. They have the ball. Um, Austin Bacon, though, is kind of their key. If you have to identify one key guy, lead back and leading receiver uh, coming into this game. So um, somebody that Westby's defense is going to have to to really do a good job against. And I think that's one thing that, because of how good Ryan Gaines is on, on offense, we kind of forget that he's 
probably their leading tackler. I'm not sure what their stats are, but yeah. he's up there in he's, their leading tacklers on defense oh, yeah. as well. He's out there almost every play. There, yeah, there aren't many plays that he's not a part of unless it's a big throw down the field. Right. So, uh, <coughs> good matchup there. That'll be um, at Marsh. They play at Marshfield. Spencer does, right? No, they play oh, Spencer. Spencer, okay. Yes. So that's even a small I that, Yeah, I found that out last Friday night. Gotcha. All right, so that'll be up there. If you are going to be at the Westby game, uh, let us know. We'll follow you on Twitter. Make sure we can share yeah. that with everybody around here. Uh, we got our, our guy Brandon Riley for the Sparta game. We do appreciate that. Todd will be at Bangor, like we the said. Westy so. Booster Club is one to. Oh, and Westy Booster Club. They, sure. They'll get some. Sometimes they'll they'll tweet a lot, and sometimes just every so often. But that's one that you can try uh, to get some updates out of them too. And and uh, if we see those, we'll we'll be retweeting them as well. Yep. And then make sure you follow Todd at Summerfelt LAX um, for the Bangor game. Uh, just. Three, three more Wisconsin games left. We'll see how many we have uh, in the semifinal. Uh, and then we got some Minnesota, too. We still have Caledonia gotta, chugging yeah, along, 50 crack, straight wins. we got to crack out some Caledonia next week. Yeah, right? when they might be their only team left. Who knows? So we got they, some tough yeah. matchups here in Wisconsin. So they, they've, got, a, they've got Chatfield this week. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll throw that one in there, too, that uh, going for win 51 in a row and played well against Chatfield uh, it, during the season and, and beat them. Uh, I know Carl Frickty will, will throw out a couple of, maybe he said there are three or four guys that they really have to pay attention to uh, in Chatfield this week, but anybody going into a game against Caledonia is an underdog. That's just right. the way it is. Yeah. You know, you're playing 50 straight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah 50 in a row. I mean, and, and so they're looking at possibly another state tournament after this one. I can't remember how many it is in a row <laughs> for them in terms it's of state A lot. Yeah, seven, finals. eight, yeah. somewhere in that range. So, yeah, somewhere in that range. So, and they're. Real impressive last week, rushing for 300 yards, uh, which they don't always do. They're one of those teams that when you look at their total offense, you see a dominant game, but you don't see a ton of yards. They, they ran for 300 last week, which is a pretty big deal, too. And Nick McCabe had a lot of those yards. Yeah, yeah McCabe, well. McCabe's been fantastic. Yes, he he's been on the field a lot over the years, uh, but this year it's, it's his year, and he's certainly – turning it into something big. And I think he does realize, I talked to him at their practice on Monday, and then he, he does realize that it's it's the truth. He didn't really want to admit it, and he's really, really quiet. Yeah. But but uh, I, I think he knows that he had to step up with Owen graduating and um, knowing that opposing defenses were going to focus on um, McCabe a little bit more in the running game. And he's he's taking full, con- full advantage of his opportunity, and uh, hopefully he can continue to do that for the Warriors as they head closer to U.S. Bank Stadium. And he, he and Jack Beardmore really benefit, uh, and those are the main ball carriers now, seniors, really benefit from the, the players ahead of them because they've been getting on the field, this is a, at least their third year, and they even got carries probably as freshmen mm-hmm. at some point you know, in the season. Uh, but they they found their way on the field early, and and now it's their chance to go with it, and and they're ready for it. That's one thing Caledonia kids always seem to be is ready for it when it's their turn. And related to each other too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Wait, <laughs> uh, Zach, hold on one one second. So you're telling me a Caledonia kid deflected attention and was quiet. Yes. I'm stunned. <laughs> yes. I can't believe it. Yes. And he probably doesn't have a cell phone either. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Um, so make sure you're following LacrosseTribune.com. We have a. Uh, Couple of features coming up. Zach's got one on Nick McCabe from over in um, Caledonia. Caledonia. <laughs> and then uh, Cole Wisniewski from Todd uh, in Sparta. 
Um, and yeah, so follow Todd. Make sure you're following him for the Bangor game, and we'll share everything we get from the other games. But until Friday night when we do the recap pod, I'm Colton Bartholomew for Todd and Zach. We will see you Friday night.